Hello, this is Michael Fanning with the Windermere Coaching Minute. This is our short-form podcast where we'll be interviewing Windermere agents who bring creative ideas, power strategies, and successful routines to light, all in creating epic client service and work-life balance. Enjoy the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. This is Michael Fanning with the Windermere Coaching Minutes. And today I'm extremely excited because my guest is Diane Terry. Diane, hello. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? Good? I'm doing great. Well, Diane, I have to tell you, I'm excited to have you on the podcast today because this is our our Coaching Minute podcast. And this is where we talk about uh, power strategies, successful routines, and things that real estate agents are doing today that are enhancing both uh, our business, but also our clients' experience. And I think that uh, you have an amazing ability to communicate. And um, I see the stuff that you post out. I hear people talk about you being a mentor. And I love that uh, you said, as we were talking earlier, you are a, an encourager. You like to encourage other people. You generally like to encourage people to do better. Is that correct? Absolutely. I, I think that... Uh... You know, we all have to have goals in our business, whether they're annual goals or quarterly goals. And um, this whole listening thing stemmed out of uh, reflecting on 2020 and what I wanted to do better for 2021. And of course, last year was the craziest, most pandemic uh, odd year. And I thought, what what do I need to be doing better in my life uh, that I could get better at? And I'm a a huge Covey fan and the sharpen the saw that mm-hmm. that is just a real principle for me in my life. And so one of the themes that I've been working on for 2021 for myself is how to become a better listener. I love that. And, you know, and I think it, that's the key. You know, when we say communication, it's not, it's not what you say, it's what you hear mm-hmm. and how you respond to what you hear. Would you agree? I agree, but I also think there's a difference between hearing and listening, and I really encourage everybody to do a deep dive into listening and evaluating how they're doing on that. In fact, just this morning, my husband was trying to tell me something that was important to him. I'm sitting right next to him in bed drinking coffee, but I'm scrolling through my email, (laughs) and he finally put his hand on my iPad and said, can you listen to me? And I could repeat for verbatim what he said, but I wasn't giving him the attention he needed. Exactly. And so I flipped the iPad and I gave him full on eye contact. And that's the difference between hearing and listening, right? I, I love it. So full attention. being present in the moment and engaged with the individual who's actually speaking to you and giving them your full attention. Yeah. Well, and you I, even said, uh, Stephen Arcovy, we talk about focus, right? Mm-hmm. The power of focus. I think that, um, and when we focus, we actually hear things uh, more intently, uh, 
And, you know, just being able to repeat what somebody says one thing, but being able to listen to understand, I think is, is a whole different world. Would you agree? I totally agree. And I think in our business, especially when there's so much at stake, it's so important to learn the listening skill. And I'm kind of kicking myself that I've waited 30 years into my practice to really understand how important that is. And I think in, you know, I don't ever think of myself as a salesperson. I think of, you know, my clients as like, we're two intelligent people looking at the facts and coming up with a solution. But I think so much of uh, sales coaching is like get in there and barf all over the person, everything that you know, and get it all in before your 45 minutes is up. And I just think that that is the wrong way to approach our business, that that 45 minutes should be of you not talking at all and just extracting more and more information and building trust. And I think that's true with a buyer or a seller, but I also think it's really important that with our colleagues within and without, outside of Windermere, like we really need to listen better. And a really good example is right now we have a fabulous listing in Ballard and it's in a school district, the West Woodland School District that is very, very good. And, you know, the tendency is to say, oh, but the school district without even listening and extracting is that even of importance to the spire? Maybe right. they don't have kids, can't have kids, don't want to have kids, could care less about the school district. And here you've wasted all this time talking instead of listening. Yes. So, you know, I always say, um, I always do the W-A-I-T. Why am I talking? Why <laughs> am I talking? Or as I told uh, Don O'Neill, I said, just shut up and listen. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I listened to this podcast when you did that. He said, yeah, sometimes she just tells us just shut up and listen. But I love that. Let's say that one more time. W-A-I-T. Why, Why am... am I talking? Oh, Why I am it. I talking? Yeah. Well, let, let's let's unpack this a little bit. So, in our in our market today, right? So we have we have kind of a frenzied market, mm -hmm. and we have a, a time frame that's been compacted down to faster amount of times because we have a low inventory, a lot of buyers, and so um, I'm seeing a lot of things happening that are in the text and email world, and not a lot of voice to voice, face to face. Um, help me understand how you see uh, communication being enhanced. You know, when we're actually talking to somebody on the phone or, or having face-to-face -face versus some of this crazy communication that's really not really effective that's happening in text and email? Well, I just think that we all need to slow down a little bit, number one. And I think that we need to have complete communication. And I think that some of the people that are really good at that in our company are like Laurel, Laura Kinzel um, up north. She puts up very complete emails advising buyers, agents of, of what to expect, when to expect, uh, so their expectations are set accordingly ahead of time. I think that that's really helpful, and I've incorporated that. This morning, I got a voice text from Nancy Chapin, who I love. and yeah, She's great. She's great, and you know what? At first, I was like, really, voice text? Because I wasn't, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to play it. And all I had to do was hit the button. And I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there's something in the inflection of somebody's voice mm -hmm. that you can um, riff off of. And I have actually really appreciated Zoom 
during yes. the pandemic. You know, it it really helps to see someone's um, facial expressions and to understand. So we have we've switched to doing all our buyer intake meetings to ninety minute Zoom meetings. It's been very helpful. And I think it also makes sure that we cover all the important material before we hit the road running. And, you know, we just slow everybody down and go, yeah, yeah, I know you want to go out and look at homes, but you need to first have a really good understanding of what kind of market you're stepping into, uh, what the strategies are, are in this kind of a market. And, but more important than that, before we get started, just a lot of listening, a lot of listening. Um, because if we if we talk less or tell less and ask more, then we will learn more about what is important to that client and we won't waste their time or or our own going off in a wrong direction. So one thing that I really have been working on this year is the first question that you ask never start off a, a conversation with a buyer or seller with why why do you want to move yes. like why puts that. everybody on the defensive right mm -hmm. so like we just went on a listing presentation last week and you know i i am probably not the best person to emulate in this respect but i don't have any bells and whistles when i go on an appointment i sit down i turn off my phone completely and I give them my full attention. And I usually ask them, tell me what's on your mind. What, what made you pick up the phone and call me? And then I just, I just listen. I love that. And I really am not like, of course, I have 30 years of experience and I can tell them everything that they need to know in those 45 minutes, but that just isn't as important as making them feel like they've been heard, right? And so every time they say something, what I what's going on in my mind is A-W-E, and what else, and, and what, what else? else, and what else, to the point where, you know, maybe it's even uncomfortable, but I want to make sure that I have extracted everything that I need to know. I think it's also really important when it's a couple and one is more assertive than the other and yes. really, really helping facilitate that dialogue of great, we've heard from you. Now we're going to turn to Mary and mm -hmm. see what she has to say. And quite often in those conversations, it's the first time as a couple that they've really given each other the space to be heard. Right. And so it's very revelatory. And um, I think that in our business, once we touch someone's soul, they're there, they're, we are theirs forever. Like I have clients that I've worked with six, seven times now, and it's because we connected in the beginning and I built trust with them and they will keep coming back and coming back and coming back and referring all their friends. And that's the, that's the kind of business that I wanted to build. And I think I've been successful in that. Well, and you bring up a great point. I think, you know, the human needs are, you know, feeling significant, being understood, being heard. Mm -hmm. And like you said, if, if you're doing all the talking or your, your, your whiz bang tools, and let me tell you all the stuff we do, that's great. Yeah. That that's all about you. Right. 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 And, 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 and as soon as you sit down and you give them full attention and now you're listening, um, you know, and you're hearing what they're saying, you're hearing pain, you're hearing pleasure, 
you're hearing what's important to them. Um, and one thing I, I wanted to bring this up because I, I think this is happening a lot now, and I, I'm, we're doing a lot of this in coaching is where we have sellers who need to sell and buy, but they don't know where they're going to go to buy. And so they're getting friction when they're trying to sell their home. And we have agents that are coming and say, well, I just want to get the listing instead of, like you said, asking, so tell me what's going on, yeah. right? Where you are you going to go? Yeah. yeah. You have to show up with a, um, a mindset of curiosity, right? Yes. And, um, Daniel Pink, who I know that you read a lot of his books too, mm-hmm. he talks about intellectual humility. Like, don't go in thinking you know everything. You have everything to learn, you know? So really spend that first meeting just extracting and extracting everything that you need to know. And you know, you can either be a soldier or a scout. This mm-hmm. is something Pink talks about. And, and a soldier is someone who's very set in their way and doing things a certain way. And a scout has something called intellectual curiosity, which oh, I, love that. I think our, com- our country could use a little bit more of on both sides, <laughs> right? I so, second that. Yeah, so you don't go in think- and you don't go in thinking your way is the right way. You're there to understand what their what their roadblocks and obstacles are because you know, I feel like we have a pretty great formula for both sellers and and buyers, but until I know what their pain points are, I don't know if my formula is going to work for them. I may need to change things up. Um and I'm always pleasantly surprised when I'm wrong. Like, you know, it's like, oh, I just learned something new, right? By shutting up and listening. Um, and I think that for salespeople in general, like our whole thing is we're so busy, like reloading and, and ready to respond the minute that somebody says something. And really, you don't need to say anything at all. You just need to listen. Right. I think that 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 buyer or seller is going to feel more connected to you because at the end of the day, we all pretty much do the same thing. Right. Yes, I totally agree. So really like so the thing that's important is that human connection and how much you've connected with them. And people don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. So. Well, and I have a question for you. So uh, this, uh, I, I forget where I read this, but when you're when you're communicating with somebody, if if all you're doing is waiting to respond, one, you're not hearing what they're saying. Number two, is you're not really communicating that's relevant to what they said. And they okay. said, uh, it's like, what do you count to five or count to 10 and then have your response because it allows you to really hear. And then also your next question, if you're going to ask a question, should be embedded in their last answer. Correct. You know, yes, correct. And it's interesting that you bring that up because I think that one of the things, if you ask me, Diane, what makes you successful in your work? I think that what makes me successful is I am very comfortable in silence. Like I don't get all nervous when there's like huge long pauses. In fact, I was thinking about uh, this whole um, podcast this morning and about listening and Uh, I remember our first date, my husband and I, however many years ago, 35 years ago, and we took the ferry to Port Townsend for the Wooden Boat Festival, and that whole day, we spent the whole day, and I think he spoke maybe a total of five sentences, (laughs) and I loved that about him because I was, I know that if I'm comfortable with somebody in silence, they're the right person for me. Right. So some interesting statistics in in Japan, 
8.2 seconds of silence is very average. In the US, it's more like 4.6. Wow, so interesting. Every culture has a tolerance for silence that's different. In the Nordic countries, silence is decorum. So silence really uh, signifies, like in Finland, listening. Uh, it, silence means you're listening, you're modest, and you're private. I thought that that was really fascinating. It says then, that you're modest and you're private if you're if you're silent. Mm -hmm, oh, yeah, interesting. And then, and then in the U.S., when you go in to see a doctor, a doctor will interrupt within 18 seconds. Wow. I just thought that that was fascinating. That, yeah, especially a doctor that's yeah, supposed to be there to kind of hear. Listening, right? <laughs> <laughs> don't you want to know what my symptoms are? Yeah, don't you want to know? They interrupt. Yeah. Well, and I think it comes back to what you said, right, is being the smartest person in the room. I think that when you think you're the smartest person in the room, all you want to do is just talk about what you know. Right, right. As opposed yeah. to saying, hey, I'm a learner and maybe yeah. I can learn something here. Yeah. So in the, si in, in the U.S., any silence over four seconds tends to make people really nervous. Wow. But in, in a city like Seattle, where we're a very international city with people, people are bringing their cultures and their baggage and their past to the table when they're talking to you, you really have to be more open-minded, right? And, and for that reason alone, you need to listen more. Um, I read somewhere that words conceal, silences reveal. So just wait and, and continue to listen. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Do you think that a lot of people are afraid of the silence and it's their own fear because they feel that if, if they're not saying something, it's, it's uncomfortable? And so they just fill up the space mm -hmm. with, with words that, or stuff that may not be useful to the other person in any way, shape or form. Yeah, I think they do. And then you're a blathering idiot, right? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. So I, you know, when, when people go, what's your secret? And I go, you know, I'm really comfortable. Like I can sit a whole hour with someone with not, without saying a word and I don't get uncomfortable. I'm, I'm there until they're comfortable saying something or saying more. And I'm totally fine with saying, is there anything else? Is there anything else? Yep. And, and when, the, when the client finally says, I think that's it. I think you covered everything. Well, <laughs> I never even opened my mouth, but they right. covered everything and they feel better, right? Yes. So. Well, and it's time. It's it's uh, in, in Ninja, we call it time of possession. And mm -hmm. you should never uh, be in you should never be the person in time of possession. Um, and you should always be asking questions. And I think to your point, too, is that, you know, we, we have this scanner in our mind that, you know, goes off every three to five yep. seconds. It either says I'm, I'm in danger or I'm safe. Right. And in a sales world where you're doing all the talking and trying to pitch me something, my scanner says I'm in danger when I'm doing the talking and telling you about my challenges and you're listening. And then once in a while you step in and provide a solution, my scanner says I'm safe. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and I always tell people, you always want to have the safe scanner. You don't want to have the I'm danger scanner. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, we should probably touch on cultural barriers. Just I would love that. We live in such an international city, right? So one of the best books that I recently read is Saving Face. Um, let, let me just see who, it's Maya Hu Chan, Saving Face. And um, she gives a very good example of uh, really uh, 
vivacious Midwestern sales guy that goes over to China and he has a team of scientists that have been working on something and they make this very important presentation to him. And he says at the end of it, well, that's a no brainer. We're going to go with that. <laughs> and everything fell apart because they don't know what no brainer means. Right. right? They yes. are taking that literally like you have no brain. And so we have to be so careful, I think, but to, to not fall into these, um, the language that is not acceptable universally until you understand who you're sitting across from. And generationally too, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of the stuff that my daughter says, and she's 30. And so I'm just thinking, gosh, if they're any younger than that, I probably don't even know what they're saying at all. <laughs> well, and some of them don't even use full words anymore. Let's be honest. Right, I mean, right. most of it is, I see some of the texts that I get from my kids and it, they're all acronyms or short terms. I mean, it's just, it's this encrypted form of communication that I don't truly understand anymore. Right. But I, I, I think I want to bring up a point because you, this is great, is understanding who your audience is. Right. And I think that that's also being uh, compassionate. That's also being empathetic. That's also uh, not being the smartest person in the room to say, you know what, just because I believe this way or I think this way or these are the words that I understand doesn't mean that the person across from me feels the same way. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I, I saw a great thing that they, they said there's in communication, there's the message and then there's the meta message. Mm -hmm. The message are the words that are used. The meta message is the, the meaning I give to the word. So in your scenario that you just talked about in that book, when he said no brainer, no brainer are the words, but the meta message that was heard is based on all this other different stuff. Right, right. right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love that. And also the other book I, 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 I we recommend a lot is uh, Kiss, Bow, or Shake Hands. Oh, interesting. Okay. Because it breaks down all the cultures in the world. Mm -hmm. And then what it does is it says, hey, here's the culture and everything from, you know, business meetings to going to dinner, to giving a gift, to things to say, things not to say. It's so interesting. And it's a big book. I mean, it's incredibly thick, mm -hmm. but I, I would recommend the same thing. If you're in multicultural type of scenarios or generational differences, mm -hmm. understand your audience is what you're saying is what I'm hearing. Absolutely. Like my mother is Japanese. And if you gift her something that comes in fours, she won't let it in the house because four means death. Yes. And so it's like, what the hell? Like, don't, <laughs> don't be bringing that in my house. Don't be bringing that in my house. I, I love it. I love it. Well, let's do this. I want to take a quick little break. And then when we come back, I just want to have maybe a couple pointers you can give like you see today on how people can be better communicators, better listeners. And then maybe, and we already talked about some, I'll put some books in there, but I just want to revisit the books you talked about and uh, a couple uh, little uh, resources for people who want to get a better understanding of how they can become better listeners. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Okay. Hey everyone, this is Michael Fanning and with me is Eric Thompson. We're with Windermere Coaching. We thought we'd take just a moment to let you know a little bit about maybe how to get your feet wet into coaching with Windermere Coaching through the Windermere Path. Eric, tell us a little bit about the Windermere Path. So the Windermere Path gives you a call every week. You can join live or you can watch the recording. One of three things happen on those calls. You get a specific lesson that's taught by you, Mike, by Doug Simcock, by me, or Nick Hansen. The second thing that happens is we do live interviews with your Windermere colleagues. So you can hear right from them about how they are implementing all the tools that we teach them in coaching so that you can be inspired by their story 
The third thing that happens is you get to ask questions of us, things that are happening in your business right now, in your world, we help just to keep you on the, on the ninja path. Hey, Eric, it sounds like a lot of great content. So listeners, if you're interested in finding out more about the Windermere Path, simply go to windermerecoaching.com, click on the explore button, give us your name and your email address, and we'll get back to you with all the information you need to get started on the Windermere Path. Thank you so much, and we'll return you to our content. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Coaching Minute. And I am thrilled today. I have Diane Terry with me, and she is 30 years in real estate, but a phenomenal communicator, listener, and that's what we're talking about today. So, Diane, help me understand uh, what are some, what are a couple of uh, pointers, or just a couple of things you would say if people want to become better listeners, or just some tactics that you found. I know we've already talked about a few of them, but uh, I just want to get them so they're kind of in a wrapped up in a nice little bow, so people can take them away. Okay, so I think the takeaways today would be talk less, ask more, and your advice is not as great as you think it is. <laughs> I love that one. Right? So until you really understand where they're coming from, like your buffet of advice, you don't know what to put before them until you've done the proper listening. So I think that that's super important. I have one question for you on that uh, note-taking. Mm -hmm. uh, do you do you because uh, I know for myself when I sit and listen and I have talked like I've been taking notes this whole podcast but if I don't write stuff down number one for me I don't remember number two I find when I write stuff down and people see me writing stuff down in their mind they think okay he's he's really listening because he's really taking notes that's right so when I go into a meeting with a client I make it very visible that I'm turning my phone off Mm -hmm. That is so important, everyone. Oh, yes. Turn your phone off and flip your iPad or whatever is going to light up and distract you. You want to give somebody your full-on attention. Um, and then, yes, I always take notes. And if something is a little bit complicated, when I'm wrapping up the meeting, I say, okay, please indulge me three seconds to make sure that I, my notes are correct. And I will repeat back to them. So if I understand you correctly, and then I read my notes. And have you ever gone to a restaurant and you had a complicated order and there's six of you and the waitress isn't taking anything down and you're like, oh, that's going to be screwed up. Exactly. <laughs> right? <laughs> so note taking, yes, I think that that is important. But I really think that other than a pen and a notebook, for me, I don't go in with a bunch of bells and whistles. It's like yep. that first meeting, I am there to really, really listen. I love that. And uh, I will tell you that, um, you know, the, the taking the notes, the really listening, and I love it. Just real quick revisit. You said, W-A-I-T, what am I, uh, why am I talking, right? That's the question right. you ask yourself. Yeah. Unless you're Don O'Neill, then it's like, shut up and listen. Shut up, yeah, <laughs> shut up and listen. You hear that, Don O'Neill? Shut up and listen. Okay. But wait, wait, why am I talking? Why am I talking? I'm not supposed to be talking. Like, yep. I get very nervous in that first meeting and my lips are moving. I'm like, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be listening. But I also think it's important to really take time. You know, listening is a muscle, right? Like, you can get better at it. I've gotten so much better in this last year and learning like how to how to extract information from people yes. like I learned that you never start with a why why puts people right on the defensive so um, let's see there was a, a better way to do it would be um, tell me more about 
help me understand better, you know, but never why. Yep. I love that. So tell me, like, tell me more about that. Tell me more about uh, what you just said. Help mm -hmm. me, help me to understand. Yeah. And try to, try to ask questions that don't result in binary answers. Like what made you choose to go into real estate? Mm. You're assuming that I chose to go into real estate. Ah, I, I love that. You know, I didn't. So a better way to ask would be, how did it happen that you became a realtor? How did it happen? That's curiosity, right? It's open-ended. It's not leading them into a binary yes, no. And then um, there's something called support listening and shift listening. So support listening is when you listen and you really appreciate how they feel and you're not rushing in with the cavalry to fix it. Like just take a moment to really appreciate what they're telling you and how they feel. Shift listening is they tell you something and you're, you're like blasting in with the cavalry. I know, I know that problem. I can identify the issue. Um, you know, here's my buffet of solutions. They, listen, if you have not established trust, they don't care about your buffet of solutions, <laughs> right? You are so true. You are so true. And I, you see that a lot. I think the other one in that I also hear is that when somebody gives you one of their challenges and you immediately say, well, I had a challenge like that too. One thing I was told is your problems are never anywhere near their problems. And the way you felt is never the way they felt. And so listen, right? Right. And I always love this. Uh, the other one I love is, would it be helpful if, or would you be open to? Um, I always love asking for permission. If we're going to give it, if we're going to offer advice, don't just give it a uh, request if it's okay. Mm -hmm. I think I, that's really good advice. I have a good friend that does that, says, would you be open to an idea? Is that Dan given? He does do that. Yeah, he does that. Yeah, he's great about that. <laughs> Says, would you be open to an idea? The other one, I, I go back real quick. I one other one that I heard. I love when you said, um, "So, so, uh, you know, what got you here?" But the other, I have someone. So, tell me your story. Mm -hmm. um, some people do that too. So, so tell me your story. I'd love to hear your story. Yeah. Um, so you're not assuming anything, or if they chose anything, you're just saying, "Just let me hear your story." Yeah, I know you're going to think I'm really wacky, but before I go in, I sit in the car. And I just really breathe and I breathe out so that I have room in my, in my being to absorb what's going to come in. And I really try to show up an empty vessel and I'm there to fill that up with what they need to tell me. You know, I, I love that. In fact, uh, what is it, Dr. Wayne Dwyer, Dwyer used to say, be open to everything and attached to nothing and clear your mind, mm -hmm. right? Just yeah. clear your mind. Yeah. Another great question is when they say something, you can say, have you always felt that way? Oh, I, I love that. Have Isn't you that a beautiful question? It is. Have you always felt that way? Yeah. I, if you're I always trying to fix something, you don't earn trust. Well, and, and I think too, I think that, you know, when we want to fix something, that's our own pain, isn't it? That's, mm -hmm. that's me feeling bad, needing to fix it because it's, causing me a, an uncomfortable feeling yeah. as opposed to just being in the moment and feeling yeah. it. And I think we feel that a lot in parenting, right? When our yes. kids are hurting, you want to just rush in and fix it. I, I think some of the best advice I got was when Kelly was like in third grade and, and especially with girls, like, you know, you have to stand back and allow them to build their struggle muscle because 
culturally in this country, we tend to jump in so much faster to, you know, help a, a little girl versus a boy. Like they're on the jungle gym. It's fine if they fall off, but you know, there's this tendency to rush in and try to help. And if you keep doing that, they don't develop a struggle muscle. And then all of a sudden it's time to go off to college and they're helpless. That's a great advice. I love that struggle muscle is, yeah, you know, we, uh, it's, it's like the, uh, what the, the caterpillar coming out of the cocoon, that mm -hmm. struggle is necessary to have the life that they're going to have. And if you try to help them through that, it, it could be fatal. Um, yeah. And so we all need to have, what do they call it? Uh, falling forward. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I remember when she, uh, Kelly was young, you know, she'd come home from school and I would always ask her one of two questions. So what did you learn today? right? Mm -hmm. Or what was the best thing and the worst thing that happened to you today? And if she was unwilling to talk about herself, I would say, was there somebody around you that had a really great day? <laughs> or did someone have a terrible day? You know, <laughs> I think that parents tend to have checklist questions. Yes. How much homework do you have? You know, do you have your cleats for soccer? Da, 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 and it's a checklist. And we do that with our spouses too. And I think you know, it's really important to learn to listen to the people in your own family correctly. Well, and it's so, I think it's, it's being connected, right? Being uh, and having focus, being connected, having focus. And then like you said, is like, like your experience this morning with your husband is mm -hmm. not, you know, not going through the checklist and just the habit, but actually being present and really listening. And they feel that they understand that you're really listening. Yeah, it's a yeah. huge gift, right? It is. Yeah, it is. So somebody wrote, silence is a pocket of possibility. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> silence is a pocket of possibility. Wow, all these nuggets. I'm going to have to put a lot of show notes in because a lot of these uh, uh, these phrases, and this is great. Let me ask you this. So if somebody wants to, if somebody wants to get more resources, right? So you read a lot, uh, which I love. Yeah. And uh, there's so much great information out there. What are some of your go-to items for people who want to just become better listeners? So one really inexpensive thing they can do is they can go to listen.org. Listen.org has been around, I think, since the 50s or the 60s or something. And they have just a wonderful 10-point checklist of are you listening? And then another seven-point checklist of poor listening habits. And I think <laughs> this might be worth like, you know, put in front of your computer or somewhere that you will be reminded. And uh, like I say, don't try to boil the ocean, like take it like one step at a time. Yes. Um, this whole listening thing for me is going to be a 12 month project where I'm working on one little thing at a time, trying to improve. And it's amazing how much improvement you can make if you if you're consistent, and it's top of mind on the daily. I love that. I think you just gave me a warm-up idea. Uh, I'm going to go to that listening.org. That's a, I love that. When are you listening well? And what are some uh, things when you're not listening well? Yeah. Another great book that I'm listening to right now on Audible is You're Not Listening by Kate Murphy. It's really good. Um, again, Saving Face. If you do any kind of international uh, business, I think that this is a critical one to read. And then one of my most favorite books, because you can tell by all the pink sticky notes on here, is The Coaching Habit, Say Less, Ask More, and Change the Way that You Lead Forever. 
and you know, you might say, well, I'm not a manager, but you really are. You're managing a seller's business, buyer's business, your family, your children. So you do lead in different ways. I mean, lead doesn't mean to mean that you're the president of the United States. Like we all lead in our own way every day. I, I, I agree with you. I, I think, you know, a lot of times people think they're leaders because they have a title. And uh, 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 Robin Sharma says, uh, leaders don't need titles. Leaders just need to show by example and how we show up and, and to know that we're always being watched. Mm-hmm. We're always ha- we always have an opportunity for somebody to see uh, us doing something in a way that, uh, that they can mimic or that they see advantage to. And so, you know, choosing to show up as a leader, like you said, and understanding that we are all coaches. There's always somebody who, you know, we can be a mentor to, and we don't even know it sometimes. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that um, I want to talk about is as the chairperson for this Windermere Standards Committee. Yes. We talk about ethics and integrity all the time, all the time. And I would say that learning the importance of your word, like your word has to mean something. When you speak, it has to have intention, right? So it's a privilege to learn from our clients what is needed. And then what we say back is important. And listening to somebody else is really actually a true honor. And your ethics are earned on a daily basis. Yes. Right? Well, you know, this is one of the few, uh, not the few, it happens in other, other industries, but I'm always amazed at some of the interaction that goes on between real estate agents where they, they, they're looking across the table as if you're, you know, we're, we're competing against each other. Right as opposed to being, you know, my counterpart in helping clients, you know, with this biggest decision they're making in their lives. And um, any, any words of advice there when it comes to just having, you know, just good conversations and helpful conversations? Well, I think that we start, uh, Najin and I start from the point of view of no dual agency. Mm-hmm. And I think that right there establishes a huge amount of trust, right? Yes. So when we list something, we are there to help the buyer's agent craft the best possible offer for our seller. So all our conversations with them, all the information we gather before we even hit the button in the MLS is about how can I set this up for success so that we can collaborate with the buyer's agent to help them bring our seller the best possible offer. Now, somebody has to explain to me how you can establish that feeling if the buyer's agent is scared to discuss anything with you because you might have your own client. <laughs> right. But, Michael, that just doesn't make sense to I, me. I, I agree with you. I totally, I, I yeah. see exactly where you're coming from with that. Yeah. So setting the listing up for success, being collaborative, being helpful, being timely. I mean, we really try to pride ourselves on if somebody calls or texts for a package, five minutes, that's yeah. when we get it to them. Not the next day, you know, like, boom, we're here to help you. What other questions can we answer? Right. Yeah, t- timely communication, effective communication, picking up the phone, responding. Um, you know, the other one, like you said, is set, I loved it at the beginning, setting clear expectations in your email. Is your email detailed enough so when somebody reads it, it answers some of those basic questions that everybody asks, but then if they have additional questions, being open to answer those above and beyond what you put in the email. 
Yeah. Um, like letter to agents is a really helpful tool where you lay out, you know, everything that that person needs to know about your expectations. And then if you set an offer date, I mean, really try to stick to it. Yes. That's important. Well, and you brought up a good uh, one piece that I want to make sure. So our listeners, for those that are listening that are with Windermere, is that if you're not familiar with standards of practice, um, get familiar with standards of practice because it is where uh, we have a committee and Diane's on that committee uh, where agents, they come together and they talk about how can we do a better job interacting with each other, ultimately to help our clients have the best possible experience. But it raises the level of professionalism right in the Windermere franchise, because we want to treat each other more professionally and outside, right? Because I mean, this isn't just how you're going to treat another Windermere agent, but it's how we're going to treat each other. Right. And I, th I think that this year, especially, it's been great. Laura Smith has been, uh, and Dan Gibbons, both have been instrumental in taking what is discussed at our meeting and then taking it to the owner's meeting the next Wednesday and talking about it. And it's becoming much more of a topic so that uniformly throughout King County, everybody's on the same page about what's okay and what's not okay. And right. I think that that's so important. Um, I know that I hang my license with Windermere because of standards and the focus on the level of service and integrity that is important to this company. Absolutely, absolutely. And and it's also individuals like yourself who, who have a genuine um, interest and feeling of we can be better, right? Mm -hmm. I, I love that idea. Can, every day we can be better. Every day. Trust me. It's like, oh, I'm going to be better today about that. <laughs> about that. Every day we yeah. can be better. Yeah. Well, hey, Diane, I want to thank you so much. A lot of great nuggets. I'll put a lot of this stuff in the show notes for the listeners so they can dive in with the books and everything that you gave us. Um, one one last thing. And what book are you reading now? I just I think you mentioned it, the one that you're reading right now. Which yeah, one? I'm, I'm reading You're Not Listening by Kate Murphy. And it's fascinating. Um, yeah. I wish I had more time to read, but we are working 14 to 16 hour days, seven days a week. Yes. So. Let's, yeah. let's hope that slows down a little bit or oh, gets please. a little bit back yes. to, back to, yeah. back to normal that we can only hope again. Thank you so much. I, I want to thank our listeners, uh, folks, if you found this interesting, please uh, feel free to uh, reach out Dan. What's the best way if somebody wants to get a hold of you, how would they get a hold of you? Uh, D Terry at windermere.com. Okay, and I'll put that in the show notes, dterrywindermere.com. All right, everybody, I hope you find this helpful. If you feel like we're hitting the mark, please feel free to share this and pass it on. And uh, Diane, thanks for taking the time. Uh, and I always end by saying, everybody, uh, be awesome uh, and have a great day and make sure you help somebody. Thank you. So fun. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. If you found this content interesting, please feel free to share it and give us a rating. Also, if you're a real estate agent with an epic idea and you're doing something great to create great client service or work-life balance, or maybe both, please reach out to us at fanning at And we always end our podcast by saying, be awesome and help somebody and make it a great day.